Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. I'm Rachel Olson. And we're sitting around this table today, and Rachel, I know that you and I both get on social media, we get on Facebook, and we post our thoughts or we post a question. And about a year ago, I wrote a little something and it popped up in my one year anniversary. Actually, it didn't pop up in mine. It popped up in a friend of mine's uh, Facebook page. And she shared it with me and said, I really needed this again. And I looked at it, read it, forgot that I had even wrote, wrote it. And And I'm looking at it today, and maybe this is something that we can just kind of unpack. And here's what it said. I picked up this smooth river rock this summer in Lake Ontario. I tucked it in a pocket of my purse, and it reminds me to ponder. How many waves sent it tumbling? How often was it swept into the deep? And how rough was it? in the beginning before God polished it against the craggy bank. Life bumps against hard stuff, each time shaving off the unnecessary. Suddenly, turbulence catches our smooth side and sends us gliding. The ride is exhilarating and the view on top of the wave spectacular. I wonder today, Rachel, if anybody that's sitting around the table with us feels like their rock is tumbling. Yeah, I felt like most of this past summer, or I guess leading into the summer, I very much felt like I was tumbling. I had too many things on my plate. I had not enough energy to get it all done. I wound up um, sick. I wound up with shingles, which is just, you know, my body's response to all the stress and... um, and, and, and I was tumbling, 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 and it was painful. And so in response to, to all of that, what I realized is I have got to clear my schedule for this summer. All the things that are optional that I had wanted to do and planned to do, I just needed to um, drop them and just rest and just heal. Uh, and and I, it took me a while to, you know, not mourn the loss of all the other things I wanted to do. But once I embraced that, yeah, I was kind of like skimming around across the top of the water, as you described there. Is like, oh, this is really nice. I can, I can stop striving for a while, you know, and just recenter and get a little bit smoother, I guess you would say. Well, you know, I when I think about life and the way that uh, God allows the tough things into our life. Because, you know, when you look around our world today, you see the wildfires, you see the hurricanes and the flooding and all of the turbulence that goes on. It's easy to go, God, where are you in all of that? And where are you in my circumstance right now? And we do, Rachel, feel like we're being tumbled along. And when we get in those circumstances... It's the exact perfect time to say, okay, God, I don't get it. I'm going to be honest. I don't understand why this is happening. I don't have your God view. I can't, 
I can't see it from the heavens. All I can see is what's happening right next to me. And me and the other rocks around me are bumping into the craggy bank. And it hurts. And I don't like it. And I really want to cry out and say, can we just please stop this roller coaster ride? And I believe with all my heart that when we are honest with God, because he already knows we're frustrated in those moments, he already knows that we're hurting. But when we get honest and we say, God, I don't like this. And I don't like the way it feels. I don't like the hurt that I'm incurring right now. I believe with everything in us when we do that and we cry out to him that he makes himself known to us. He gives us this little gentle lift. I know I've experienced that when I have cried out and said, I don't like it. And Lord, I don't understand why I have to bump into this right now. So can you help me see it from your view? And, and Rachel, in my spirit, uh, it's just like he reaches down and scoops me up like I do my grandkids. And that's how I feel when I'm in that moment of kind of shaking my fist and going, I don't want this to be happening right now. And today we're calling that the river rocks because river rocks are always tumbling until they get nice and smooth. And and Rachel, there are times in our lives when we're never going to understand. But I know that there are times when I looked back and I went, oh, now I get it. And God, I see you in the middle of it, but I couldn't see it then. It is nice when you, you have those moments where you look back and you get that, aha, now now I see the, the purpose in that or... Um, the good that came of that but yeah when you're when you're just being banged along the bottom of the riverbed it's it seems and feels very senseless um and and unnecessary and and a huge disruption to you know all the great things that you could be doing i know right now there's a lot of people in uh texas in and around houston whose you know homes some of them their homes are still underwater some of them their homes are just now drying out and everything is you know wet and ruined and wrecked and and they have no transportation and they can't you know they can't just get up and go to work tomorrow and and you know be productive um it just i'm sure feels very why in the world, you know, is this happening? So yeah, these are the kinds of times when people stop and go, why does God let stuff like this happen? Um, the Christian journalist Lee Strobel several years ago commissioned a national survey and asked people what question they would ask if they could only ask God one thing. The number one response from people across the nation, Christian and non-Christian alike, the number one response was, why is there suffering in the world? Jesus says in John 16, 33, you know, you will have suffering in this world. He didn't say you might. He didn't say some of you. He didn't say there's a 30% chance of suffering. Um, you know, he said you will have suffering in this world. And we have such a hard time grasping why God wouldn't just prevent all of that. You know, I 
often think of those times in our kids' lives when we look at things that we have to allow them to go through. We have to allow them to learn lessons the hard way sometimes. You know, you can tell a child over and over and over not to do something. And when they do it and then they reap the consequences, then they learned a valuable lesson. Or, you know, there are just times in your life when you see them going through something tough and it's the consequences of what they've done. Now, the people in Houston, the people in Florida, and even us in North Carolina, we didn't do anything to cause these catastrophes to come to our states. But here's the truth. We are a fallen world. You know, and for years, our, our world has just been in turmoil. It's nothing new. There has always been, there have always been some uh, natural disasters, things that have happened. There are always consequences to the very first sin that happened in the world. Our world is just broken. And it's not the perfect Garden of Eden that God wanted for us. And so it has just been on this cycle of being broken. And it's not that God doesn't love us or doesn't care for us, but if he stopped every single thing that could cause harm or could hurt, then we would be nothing but robots. And he didn't want robots. And I know I have learned some of the most valuable lessons in my life in the midst of the pain. I don't understand why we have to go through suffering, but I know that God is faithful to do what he said, and that is he will work all things to our good, to those that love him and are called according to his purposes. We will understand things that we didn't understand before the pain. He will make things good between he and us. You just referenced Romans 8.28, which says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. The verse doesn't say that God you know, causes or brings whatever evil or suffering or catastrophe, but it says he promises to cause good to emerge from it. So we're not spared the suffering or the catastrophe, but through it, God promises to to work things for our good and for his purposes. You know, you talk about those rocky, craggy, sharp, uneven stones that break off of a rock, you know, larger rock or fall into the river, and then they get bounced down the, the stream there. At the end of that journey down the river, that, that, that stone is much, much smoother. And you know what? That's the point at which that stone can really be used. Because when we are building a house, you know, Pennsylvania area and, and whatnot, lots of um, homes are built with stone. The foundation is stones. I think back to um, the story of David and Goliath when uh, the Philistines were, you know, sort of, you know, overpowering God's people. And, 
you know, God, uh, you know, kind of rise, raises up uh, David, this uh, young sh- boy who was used to defending the sheep out in the field. He would take his slingshot and he would take a couple of smooth stones and, you know, defend his sheep from whatever might be trying to attack him. And David picks up five smooth stones and goes out to the battlefield and faces the very biggest warrior from the Philistines' side. You know, the, the scriptures describing as a giant. He was probably uh, scholars say somewhere between seven and nine feet tall Uh, in David's time men were typically uh, maybe five and a half feet tall they weren't quite as tall as the average man is in America today so David would have been shorter than what we consider average and this uh, Philistine would have been significantly taller than what we consider average and that's, you know, who David uh, faces off at. And, and when you read the story of David, you learn he was probably, he was one of the shorter brothers. He was not tall. He did not have the kind of characteristics that you typically expect the leader to have. So David may have even been shorter than average, but he grabs his five smooth stones. The Bible specifically says five smooth stones and trucks out there and puts them into his slingshot. And, you know, if they were um, craggy, they would not have worked well in the slingshot. He needed that smooth stone for that stone to be able to be used for God's purpose. You know, we're all going through times that just knock the rough places off of our life. And God says, no, don't worry. I'm going to use that for my glory if you allow me to. And, you know, I think about over in Isaiah 42 in uh, verse 16, it says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. So God's in the business of leading us and guiding us just like David's stones. And he is not going to forsake us. He's going to make it smooth. And allow us to glide into his purpose. And man, when you think of it in those terms, no matter what we're going through, no matter what our circumstances are, it gives us hope to know that, okay, God, I am, I'm upset right now with the way things are going. However, I know I can't trust my feelings. I have to believe the truth. And the truth is, you said you make things smooth and you never forsake me and you turn all things to the good for those who love you. The interesting thing is, is our feelings drive our actions. We take action based on how we're feeling. Um, That is why when we feel down or upset, too many of us go to the pantry for the cookies, right? It drives our actions. Um, Some of us have other coping mechanisms, but our our feelings drive our actions. And of course, our actions create the results that, that we have in our lives. And but here's what we often don't realize. It's our thoughts that drive our feelings. We think it's our circumstances that drive our feelings, but it's our thoughts and our beliefs that drive our feelings. What we believe about this circumstance or this situation makes us feel the way we do. 
And so what you're talking about there, when you say I have to remind myself that I can't trust my feelings and that I've got to anchor myself on truth, that's where you're switching out the thoughts you're having about your circumstance for the thoughts that God tells us are true in the Bible, which is I work all things together for good. I have not left you. I have not forsaken you. And that's what's so powerful about rooting our mind in scripture and in God's truth. Absolutely. And you know, I, I chuckle at this because my pastor did a sermon where he said, you cannot believe in a goosebumps God. And, and he basically was saying, if you think that every time you feel God, uh, it, then that's your goosebump God, you know, when you have those moments and that becomes what you're always looking for is, ooh, the goosebump God that makes me feel like I, I'm being carried or I'm not forsaken or he's going to see me through this. If you stop feeling it, then all of a sudden you might stop believing that he's God and you might start believing something different. And he says it's very dangerous to put any stock in your feelings at all because they're not trustworthy and they don't have a brain. And it's going exactly on what you're saying, Rachel. Our mind was created. That's why God talks about uh, in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, you know, to take captive the thoughts and to renew our mind in Romans. He tells us that our mind is so important because it does control our feelings, which then control our actions. And so as we're going through the rough times in life and we are watching our life get tumbled around, we have to believe that God is faithful. And the only way we can do that is by going, God, lead me to your scripture. Help me to see the passages that remind me that what you say is true and that I can stand on that truth in any circumstance. It doesn't matter, Lord, what is going on around me. I know that you're going to work for my good. I know you're going to smooth out the rough places. And I know you're going to take these stones that are in my life that you have smoothed out and they're going to go sailing so that someone else can see you through the way I live my life. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what your life is. It's a journey of faith, you know, where over and over we learn to trust God and find him trustworthy. And then we encounter another circumstance, which is another chance to trust God and find him trustworthy. And um, sometimes it takes me longer than other times to apply Romans 8.28. Okay, yes, this is going crazy, but God is still here. Good will come out of this. I can have faith. Um, you know, when you said earlier at, at the table here, you know, you said we can be um, honest in our, our prayers with God. We can we don't have to put on a good, perfect girl, you know, face with God or with anyone else. Um, I love reading the Psalms for that reason. We see David just 
pouring out his heart in what I call, you know, gut honest prayers. You know, he just, he says what he's thinking and he's like, would you please go wipe out all my enemies? Would you just wipe them off the face of the earth? And woe is me. And where are you? And, you know, like you see him, but he comes back around to truth every time, you know, that's why I love reading the Psalms. There are so many times in my life when I've made it through a tough time a tough circumstance, and I've watched God use it and and come out on the other side of it going, oh, and then I kind of get this uh, false sense of security, like, okay, I, I, I get it. I, I think I've, I've got that one down. And then out of the corner of my eye, something else will happen that I never saw coming, and boom, it just knocks me off my feet and I'm like, oh, I got to get back up and I've got to believe his truth again. And I've got to go through this little struggle because this is totally different than what I went through three months ago. And I wasn't, I didn't know that I was going to, this was going to happen again. And I was going to have to retrust him again. You know, it's a continual process when God says, lay down your cross, you know, or pick up your cross daily for me. And, and he gave manna every single day to the people. It's because we have something new every day that we have to understand about God. So even though we went through, you know, I, you went through losing your dad, I went through almost losing my husband. When we go through those hard times, we're like, okay, God got me through that. I feel stronger because of it. And then you just get sideswiped by another craggy piece of something that starts messing with your life and you go, oh, I'm in the tumble mode again. Okay, God, help me to help me to come out smooth sailing so that I can not take so long to get to the other side. Yes, I have concluded 50% of life is smooth sailing and 50% is tumbling. And there's no way around that. But we seem to, after we've tumbled, we seem to sort of expect some some nice, long, smooth sailing for a while. But it doesn't happen that way. Um, it's, it's 50% tumbling. It might even be 60% tumbling. <laughs> you know, that is so funny because we are... Um, we are always looking for life to be smooth and unchanging. And yet never, I mean, never has scripture promised that, or have we even witnessed that in anybody's life? I mean, even Jesus, he was the prime example that this man did nothing wrong. And yet all kinds of trouble came his way. And the disciples who believed in him and devoted their life to him did nothing wrong. And yet trouble came their way when they were serving him. So it should come as no surprise to us that trouble's going to come. And it doesn't just come to the Christian. It comes to everyone in the world. The difference is that we have a Savior who has promised I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, and I will carry you through the trial. I will bring forth good out of this, this situation. That's what I love, is not only does he get us through, he somehow makes it good. I love that. And ladies, I hope that you 
grasp that. Because right now, I know that every single one of us has a loved one in harm's way, whether in a hurricane or a wildfire or a flood. And every single one of us need to hear that God will carry us and there will be good that comes out on the other side. Yes, river rocks tumble. And yes, they have their hard edges worn away by some of the tumbling that life does. But God says, I am smoothing out those rough places so that I can sail you through this life and other people will see how I carried you and made something good come out of your life. Don't give up, ladies. Know that God is with us. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at EncouragementCafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.